In the name of the God who lovingly looks down upon us and lifts us up, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy St. Mary's Day to you. Today we celebrate the feast of our church's namesake, St. Mary, this community where we learn and grow and serve together. When you think of St. Mary, what images come to your mind? Perhaps some piece of art, a sculpture, stained glass or a painting. Perhaps it's music or a poem. What words would you use to describe Mary? Throughout the ages, many people have created many different pieces of artwork in an attempt to capture the spirit of St. Mary. I wonder what St. Mary can tell us today as we look at this gospel story, as we examine her words in her cousin Elizabeth's house. What kind of idea can we get from Mary herself about who she is, about who God is, and how God relates and works in our world today? In the gospel reading, we witness a young woman's reaction as she struggles to come to terms with the potential of her new situation. Just prior to this, Mary had been visited by the angel Gabriel. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And she learned that she would be a mom to a great holy son. No ordinary baby. He will be the son of the Most High, the son of God. In case Mary has doubts, Gabriel reminds her that nothing is impossible for God. And in fact, her older cousin, Elizabeth, who wasn't able to have children, is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. Wow. Can you imagine how outrageous, how absurd all of this might seem to this young woman, Mary? I'm going to have a baby? What? I'm not even married yet. He already has a name? Jesus? A holy baby? The son of the most high God? Um, all right. Breathe. Try not to freak out. God sent the angel Gabriel to me? I want to believe. I want to honor God, to trust and to follow. What does God have in store for me? What about my fiance? What about our families and our communities? Whoa, I've got to talk to my cousin about all of this. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Huh? Elizabeth? my elder, defers to me. And what is she saying calling me blessed and the mother of her Lord? And doubly blessed for believing what I heard would come true? I wonder, can you see and hear the wheels turning 
in Mary's mind? Can you picture her grappling to grasp the realization of her situation? What it means for her and for those close to her and for her community? As Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, boldly cries out, Mary begins to realize how these words of the angel Gabriel and the words of her cousin Elizabeth are true. And daring to believe, she too cries out, rejoicing in God her Savior. Although Mary is a young, unmarried woman, without power and position in society, God has looked on her with favor. In Spanish, this verse is rendered, Dios ha puesto sus ojos en mí. God has put or placed his eyes on me, Mary exclaims. From on high, God's loving eyes have fixed their gaze all the way to the bottom of the social hierarchy of Jewish society. Surely, from now, everybody will call me blessed. God has seen fit to come to me, to choose me, to honor and bless me. In this moment, Mary has an epiphany, realizing the nature of the all-loving, all-merciful God. These loving eyes, these great things that this mighty God has done were not just for her, not just for Mary, the individual, but corporate for the whole people of Israel and for future descendants, for all the young women and old women, for children, for men, for all those to come who will find themselves the objects of God's loving gaze. New Testament scholar John B. Green extends Mary's elevation. God is at work in individual lives, like Mary, and in the social order as a whole, in order to subvert the very structure of society that supports and perpetuates, perpetuates such distinctions. God is at work in order to subvert the very structures of society that support and perpetuate such distinctions. Mary proclaims that God is at work to tear down the distinctions that separate us from each other that allow us to judge and devalue, to take away from each person's God-given dignity. You see, God's favor and lifting up are part of this divine flip, the reversal that Mary lives and speaks about. God's saving strength disperses pride, brings down the powerful, lifts up the lowly, fills the hungry, and sends those with plenty away. Although this may sound good to those who find themselves at the bottom and not so good for those at the top, God's justice is much bigger than this. God brings down not to destroy, but to rebuild with a greater awareness of the undervalued, overlooked, and discarded. God's bringing down is in order to bring back up again so that those who have been at the top will have their eyes and hearts open to God's way of operating in this world. In the recorded history of God's interaction with humanity, we see that God has heard the cries of those people who call out to God. And God has shown mercy, lifting them up from their oppression and freeing them from domination. 
Jane Shaneberg and Sharon Ring in the Women's Bible Commentary speak of Mary's song as an indicator of how God acts in our world today. The Magnificat is the great New Testament song of liberation, personal and social, moral and economic, a revolutionary document of intense conflict and victory. It praises God's liberating actions on behalf of the speaker, which are paradigmatic of all of God's actions on behalf of marginal and exploited people. Mary praises God for showing her how precious she was, beyond what she could ever imagine or hope for. And she is a symbol of how God loves and cares for the least of us, modeling how we are to look with favor and pronounce God's blessing on others, especially those without power or recognition in society. Here at St. Mary's Episcopal Church, we are called to embody Mary's example, to realize how God has blessed our lives, to seek to grow our faith, to take in God's mercy and promise to hear and help, and to be the good news in the world, serving others in God's name. Through Mary's example of believing in God's extraordinary plan for her life, we are encouraged to an openness to God in our own lives. Mary reminds us, reminds us that God loves all of us, no matter what our spot is in this world, and that God cares especially for those that the world forgets, and that God is full of mercy. This is God's promise to see all people, to reach down and lift them up. God has cast loving eyes on us. Surely, from now on, everyone will call us blessed. Amen.